Debo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Every gets over the line. Try from Munster. Nobody knows Munster rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 54 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs. Uh, good morning, Neve. How are you? Morning, Quinny. Good and you? Great weekend for you uh, with with your team winning on, on Saturday against Leinster. We'll get into that. I'll come back to that in a little bit. Uh, we have a special guest this morning. We're always trying to engage with the fans, particularly with you know tweets we put out and, and get their feeling for what's going on, how they feel about Munster Rugby. And this morning we're joined by Ray O'Brien, a Munster Rugby supporter for a long time from Limerick, living in Cork. Uh, that's an interesting one, Ray, but you're very welcome uh, good morning to you. Hi, Alan. How are things? Thanks for having me on. You're you're very welcome. Um, look, we, we it's a little bit different because um, we, we from the very start of this podcast, we've always been trying to get fan engagement, um, and we like that because we feel the supporters are very much and a really integral part of Munster Rugby going forward. Um, great kudos for for all the Munster fans over the years going to to, to games all the colour they bring all over Europe and, and renowned as some of the best fans in the world. So it's brilliant to have you. Just um, the, the, to go, to talk about a little bit what, what it's like being a Munster fan and particularly just um, in the last, you know, we haven't won a trophy in a long time. What, what has the journey been like for you and how long have you been supporting Munster? Um, obviously, we had glory before and lots, lots of success, but it's been a barren period. So it's, it's, it's been difficult um, what's the whole journey been like for you supporting Munster Rugby? Yeah, look, I, I remember supporting Munster for as many, many years. Um, trying to get into the supporters club back when it was nearly impossible and you were on a waiting list. And uh, then I, I received an email from the supporters club saying, look, there was vacancies. Were you interested? So myself and my brother John both applied at the same time and we managed to get two season tickets, which we have in the East Terrace uh, in Towan Park. The journey, obviously, 2006 and 2008 were fantastic. Uh, I was over for the Leicester game back in uh, 2000, I think it was. Uh, my next-door neighbour brought me over for one of my first foreign trips, uh, which was an incredible match, but obviously disappointing because of the result. Um, obviously, the last couple of years have been disappointing, um, but in the last year, the impact that Graham Rowntree has had on the team has just been fantastic. And that is the word in the terrace at the moment. Uh, to see the style of play completely change um, is is great to watch. Uh, one of the lads that was with me at the game, his comment, I think, of the game was, we've had to retrain our eyes uh, so that we can follow the ball because the line speed has just been uh, improved so much the game is so much faster. Munster's game is so much faster um, that you know we're we're watching a lot of offloads and stuff, which we haven't seen over the last couple of years. So it's it's been great to watch this season. Still very cold up in Town Park, standing in the East Terrace, but uh, overall, look, it, it is it's an enjoyable game to watch now. Um, some of the results at the start of the season haven't been fantastic, but people are getting behind Graham Rowntree and the team. It's great to see the likes of Mike Prendergast and Dennis Leamy and the rest of the crew that he brought in there. Um, and he's he's given the opportunity to the younger players, which everybody seems to be talking about. Uh, the likes of Shane Daly on the wing has just been immense. Uh, I understand with Conway and Earls being out um, that that gave them the opportunity, but they've really grabbed it and, and they've taken it. 
Um, and they're they're going forward. It's it's great to see. For you, for you as a Munster fan, um, what's the expectation? So when you go to a game or when the season starts off, um, obviously everyone is kind of enthusiastic and hopeful. Um, but this new era you're talking about, this new coaching ticket, does that give you hope? Um, and does it give the other Munster fans hope that they're on the right track? Because both Neve and I have been talking about that a lot. Um, our Munster on the right track. And what is the reality for, for this season? Um, are we and the expectation from the fans? Look, I I suppose we all want to dream big. Look, everyone would love to see us getting to uh, the Heineken Cup final and, and do well in the URC. That's the dream. Obviously, everybody wants that. Reality, qualifying next for next uh, Europe or for Europe next year, like that has to be uh, top of the agenda. And definitely seeing the progress that's been made, I think we're on the right track. Uh, last couple of games, we've gotten the wins. Even being at the Toulouse game, it was absolutely Baltic, the fog, uh, everything impacted us. Um, but they dug deep and you could see even from that game that we're, we're definitely going in, in the right direction and the progress we've made over the last couple of games. Do you, do you feel that the Munster fans um, play an important role in, in driving the team on? And, and how important is that connection? Because, again, both Neve and I have spoken about this. The game last last uh, May in, in, in the Aviva against Toulouse there seemed to be a little bit of a changing of the tide, turning of the tide there with the connection with the fans again and, and maybe being excited as as to maybe where this team is going. Because obviously when I played and I experienced it and we could feel that as players everywhere time we went around Europe. But I just think you know that was a really interesting day for me, even though it was heartbreaking in the end. But the whole connection with the fans seemed to be rejuvenated again on that day yeah I've noticed over the last couple of years so obviously the connection was exceptionally high you know a, a few years ago uh, and then there was definitely a dip you could see it you could feel it in the terraces it seemed to be a lot quieter uh, the singing the shouting uh, getting behind the team over the last couple of years it's definitely gotten a lot quiet, or had gotten a lot quieter but you can just see the rejuvenation in the fans the excitement when you're there before the match uh, around home and park uh, talking to other fans, you can see that we go in with the expectation of winning every game. And that's where we have to be. Um, and that's where the team is definitely progressing to. But you can you can feel it amongst the fans. We're excited. Uh, we're looking forward to the next game. And we always give ourselves a chance, even against the top teams in Europe, uh, like Toulouse when we played them in Thorne Park, even when Leinster came down, we understand how strong that squad is and the uh, the depth that they have in that squad compared to Munster at the moment. But we still give ourselves a chance and there's still talk now of we could possibly do this. That wasn't there in the last two or three years. So just the simple impact of this year alone and the way the team has progressed, the talk now amongst the terraces, we have a chance against everyone. And I think that's why we can dream big. We can upset uh, teams uh, when we're not expected to win. And hopefully we can do that going through to the end of the season. Right. Um, just talk to us a little bit about the Munster Supporters Club. So you had, um, uh, I think, Gary on here last season in relation to the, the, cl- the, the club and, and the importance of how it drives the support. Like, will you get to Toulouse this weekend? Is there a group of them going? Um, and the importance, I suppose, of that, you know, 
the ethos or the culture around the province and and how it's been driven by by ye as a, as a fan base. Yeah, look from the months from my own experience in the Munster Supporters Club, I've been in it for a good few years now, and even though I'm not able to make every game as much as I'd love to, um, you still want to back that team. Uh, you can see in the forums and the likes of yourselves, the podcast, it's great to hear people's experience and people texting in uh, and messaging and giving their their view on the game. As I said to you in one of my uh, tweets, T, you know, we may not have the same uh, in-depth knowledge that you have of rugby, but we do feel that we can, you know, give our our view on it and it's taken on board. And that's one thing that I love about this podcast. And it's great about talking to Munster fans uh, at matches that like we all have our own views and we might differ on some way the players are playing at the moment um, or, you know, previous managers. Um, but at the moment, like Munster fans in general, they're brilliant. I've been over to France uh, for an away game uh, to Marseille when Rob Penny was in charge. And I remember being down on the keys in France and he walked past a group of Munster fans and the place just exploded. And it doesn't matter whether you're from... Kerry or, or Clare or, or across the country. And there are Munster fans that aren't from Munster that follow the team because of that. It's like a family nature. People want to be involved in that. It's just such a great uh, great club to be to be a supporter of and be involved in uh, as much as uh, we can be. Well, look, Ray, we don't have a lot, a lot more time, unfortunately, because um, we have to get into that in-depth analysis that uh, um, hopefully people want to listen to. Um, just finally, uh, your experience of Saturday, nail-biting in the end, and, you know, what what's, uh, what do you see happening in Toulouse on, on Sunday? Can we win there? Yeah, look, from the game on Saturday, um, first half was immense. They were brilliant. Um, uh, Anton Frisch, for me anyway, has just been a revelation in that team. Um, obviously himself and Fekitoa were brought in we were expecting a huge impact from Fekitoa and it just hasn't really clicked yet we can see the progress coming but Anton Frisch has just been incredible um, and his offloads have been have been brilliant uh, and that seems to be the talk of the terrace like that the impact that he's made Mike Haley again has just been brilliant as well uh, really a, a different player this year he seems to be enjoying his rugby and that was the talk uh, the red card I know you'll get into that um, I was getting a text message from my brother in Dublin because he couldn't make it down uh, he was like my TMO on my phone to tell me what what was happening and that's the one thing I, I just said I'd say to you when you're in the terrace we can't hear the conversations that the referees are having um, with the TMO so we're judging it off the pictures on the big screen um, so that's that's one thing that the supporters don't have. Um, but they uh, look, they, they held well defensively. Dennis Leamy's done a fantastic job. Uh, we managed to hold out and get get the win, which was great for us. And as regards to lose, then why can't we go over there and cause that upset that I've talked about? Uh, as I said, have to dream big and hopefully we can get a result. Um, and if not, look come away with a losing bonus point, get up to 10 points and hopefully that'll do us uh, to qualify and get an away, uh, away match in the next round. Yeah, well, it'd be brilliant if they get into to get, get into the knockout stages and the same for for um, for the URC. It's going to be difficult. But look, Ray, thanks for your impact uh, pack this morning and input, I should say, this morning. It's great to have you on. Um, as I said, both Neve and I want... We want to try and hear what the fans have to say as well. And I think it's an integral part of Munster rugby. And um, 
you know, we've both experienced that support. And I think, you know, to see the atmosphere and to see the run that the team is on at the moment. Um, Neve has always given out to me, but I'm sometimes glass half empty. But um, from what you're saying, I think the supporters are glass half full now. And that's nice to hear and it's nice to know. And we, we all understand the reality that we're probably not going to be lifting trophies. But we get a couple of players back from injury and are in the knockout stages. I don't think... Um, I think we could have a chance of upsetting upsetting teams a little bit in the, in, in the latter part of the season. So, look, hopefully they go on to continue on the run. They need to go on a really good run. Thanks, Ray. It's really good to have you. And thanks for the support and, and for listening to the podcast as well. Yeah, thanks, listen, thanks very much for having me on. Uh, it's great to chat to both of you and uh, love the podcast. And you've well done uh, with the uh, team there at the weekend. That was a fantastic result for you as well. Thanks a million. Thanks. That was brilliant to have Ray, Ray O'Brien on from Limerick there, a passionate Munster supporter, um, just to get the impact of the fans and, and to, to the feeling of, of where Munster are going at the moment. So he's pretty positive and uh, enjoying the run of results, Neve. But um, let's move on to uh, to what happened at last weekend. Um, We've got to get on to your game because uh, you have a big smiley head this morning <laughs> on you, um, and rightly so. Um you beat Leinster 26-17, a bonus point win. You were glass half empty last week with me when I asked you how will you get on. You were pretty nervous, but you must be incredibly happy with the results and the performance of the team. Two wins from two. Yeah, hugely, definitely. Um, we we didn't make it uh, easy for ourselves in the second half, but um, no, it was brilliant. Jeannie Mack, they played some unbelievable rugby in the first half. I just... Um, it was pretty cool to be sitting in the stands watching it and, and being associated with them. They're just a brilliant group. And did they surprise um, you? They did. Yeah, uh, no, it kind of. I, I knew they had it in them. I think what surprised me was that they they were pretty ruthless um, uh, at times, but also the fact that they didn't panic. So Leinster came out of the blocks absolutely firing, and we conceded a try in the first few minutes. And I thought, oh god. And that was a very, very strong, experienced Leinster team. Seven of their forwards were either Blackrock or Railway who were in the AIL final. Um, a lot of yeah, yeah. Look, lot they're, of they're a very good team, very well coached and uh, very organised and they've got a lot of talent. But um, I just can't put my finger on with this group. They're just so good. We had a really good... Uh, we met Friday evening with Captain Zeron and I'd given them a task during the week about what it meant to play for Munster and should have seen some of the answers that came back in. It was incredible. So we managed to put together this big kind of poster for them and um, and it was on the dressing room when they came into the, into Musgrave Park. But the, the things that they spoke about, what it, you know, it, it literally just brings you back down to earth about how much it means for people to be able to put on a red jersey. You know, you and I got to experience it and it was great. And when now you're tired, you kind of, you not that you forget you hold on to those moments but you kind of you don't really realise what other people are feeling like we had a couple of girls that was like you know life goal mates like a life goal was to play for Munster and they got to take the box on Saturday yeah you have but to change have to the it. goals now though um, they uh, played, fact, we pushed so them on they pushed them on it's, yeah um, it's not staying in their, it, it's not staying in the comfort zone now and, and was, actually experiencing yeah, yeah. it and uh, enjoying it yeah, no, it was brilliant. And it was a really good match. I mean, we were under the cosh for a lot of that second half and to be able to pull out a try at the last play of the game, to be able to stretch them, get that bonus point was brilliant. And uh, yeah, they were buzzing afterwards. I was delighted for them. I was very proud of them. 
So you've got Connacht away next week and you win that and you win the Interpros. Um, yeah. A very special moment after the game as well. Claude yeah. O'Halloran <laughs> proposed to Chloe Pierce. You don't often see that after a, <laughs> no. a rugby match. No, Claude rang me on the Monday to ask me, was it okay if we'd won? Could she do it? Uh, I had the ring in my pocket uh, for the game. So it was like burning a hole. Oh, that's um, brilliant. I was delighted for them. They're, they're two of my club mates as well. And um, so it's brilliant. Yeah, they were buzzing afterwards and it was great. Uh, Chloe's probably the most staunch monster person I've ever met. Um, so to be able to do it while she was while she was playing, I suppose, it's probably an um, incredible feeling for them. So yeah, look, it was great. It was a it was lovely great. it was a lovely moment and best wishes to, to both Claude and Chloe as well. It was uh, really special. Um Munster in the afternoon, so that was a good start to the day. Um obviously Munster won the game 27-23 against Northampton. 24-0 up at half time. You think this is all going according to plan? They were down to 14 men. Jack O'Donoghue sent off, um, hanging on in the end, but they got the result. I put a tweet out yesterday. We'll read some tweets. We're a little bit shorter for time this week because we've had Ray on. Um, give us a general kind of synopsis or a couple of tweets or a couple yeah, of messages on YouTube of what the fans was, are saying. Was, everybody was super impressed, I think, in relation to, um, you know, the, the shifting of the guard. I think it's probably the, the, the big thing, you know, no. Finished the game with no Earls, Murray, Conway, Zebo, Klein, Peter O'Mahony, um, Carberry, um, all all off the pitch, and and to be able to go and finish it out, two big turnovers with John Ryan Condellen uh, combining really really well. So, um, Ian Flynn talks about a month ago they would have lost the game. Youth really came of age. Hopefully, a defining moment for this monster team. Great experience and confidence for the younger lad lads um, who were trusted to see out the game. And nod to Shane Daly's late try saving tackle as well. Um, Michael Coveney, a game of three quarters, we played with full side for roughly 20 minutes in the finish. We did extremely well to win against Nixon Northampton side. It was a red card defence, but onwards to Toulouse and we start again. Uh, Joe, good to see this coaching team consistently rewarding form over reputation slash experience. Red card could have cost us the game, but this is the squad gradually developing a winning habit. Uh, John Tui Joey had a brilliant game except the decision not to step into touch resulting in their second try our system allows him to flourish it explains why Andy Farrell picks him in the national team how many defenders he beat it was a lot expect nothing points wise from the Toulouse game I think you know a lot of it was really in relation to you know the fact that the first 20-25 minutes we were, we were well on the way to, to winning this game winning this game well from the perception um, I do think Irrelevant of whether you know we had fourteen or fifteen men. I think at half time, Northampton would have definitely regathered themselves and come out fighting. So was it a nailed on bonus try? I, I'm not sure. You'd like to think it was, but um, I do think that Northampton, the likes of Courtney Laws and Ludlow, and they were always going to come out fighting and swinging. So um, yeah, I just I I I do think that uh, that would have been a, a tough one. Uh, Tim O'Sullivan, we played our best rugby in the first half, however, sending off had a huge effect in the second. Felt the sending off as harsh Northampton player had been tackled and was going down when he collided with Jack, Jack O'Donoghue. Coombs magnificent hope. Would hope we get a losing bonus points. That's in relation to the Toulouse uh, thing. Gary from the West, West Terrace View. Loved the commitment and sheer dogginess epitomised by the final 30 seconds. Were practically out on their feet. They held on to uh, hold up the ball carry and win turnover. Northampton could not shift them despite their best efforts. Toulouse will be a tough ask. 
So that's kind of a, a general overview. Of, I, th- I think we were talking about the rugby being really, really good. Scintillating in parts, and and then obviously that doggedness, that resilience to be able to see out um, to lose or to Northampton, excuse me, when they were piling on the pressure in the second half. Okay, brilliant. There's a couple of comments on YouTube. Dave Dave Pierce uh, emails. Great game in Musgrave Park last Saturday. Um, well done. Giving you compliments, Neve. Um, Michael Nash also emailed, Ben Healy leaving is an absolute travesty. He's the best number 10 at the club in terms of physicality, passing an all-round game and defence. Um, again, it's the Ben Healy thing. We debated that and talked. It's a long message from Michael. We don't have time to read it all. Uh, but Michael, we understand supporters questioning the handling of both Healy and John Ryan, disappoint, disappointing all round. Um, that feeling is out there, um, but it's Ben Healy's decision. So... Um, there's one here uh, at the end, Jerry O'Callaghan, YouTube. Quinny, you keep mentioning power, so why don't you advocate for Okeke, OG, and Shane Adogbo? I don't know who OG yeah. is. Ichi OG, Quinny. He's um, OG, okay. uh, just another 20 player from, from UL Bowes. He signed this year. Um, yeah, look, he's incredibly powerful. I is think. he in the academy? Because I checked the uh, academy. No, he's not. No, no, right, he's, not. Okay. He's, he's training at the moment with the NTS. Um He's got a huge potential. He's very young. Okay, but so Jerry's saying we don't go get those genetics too often. Also, I'm not impressed by our SNC as players in the system for years don't seem to be put up to put on muscle. Uh, Baron swapping five k kg of fluff of for muscle. There's no need <laughs> for marks. He's got pace and hands. Does seem to have farmer strength as well. So look, I think the power thing is we do talk about that a little bit around and Jerry O'Callaghan, Jerry Callahan is talking about that. Um, I think Okeke has had injuries, um, and it's it's Sean Adagbo, and he's he's in the system. He's nineteen years. Did of you age. see the try he scored at the weekend? Oh, for I was actually down um, helping out the train session yesterday, and uh, he's as big in real life as he looks on 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 the video scoring. He's uh, he's now then the we got passed over. Brian Gleason's another young chip back rower, number eight, incredible player, and uh, they they passed over the mantle of the fastest forward. Uh, in the system, his was incredible, and it's it's yeah. it's on YouTube and Twitter and all yeah. that kind of stuff and Instagram. So it's for UCC. have a look yeah. at that. Yeah, um, the point about the power. Yes, of course, if you get that natural strength and power and explosiveness, um, it was um, it was really really uh, it's really really helpful. Okay. Of course, it is. But Quinny, if they don't use it, then it's very difficult to be able to. You know, they have to. We watched them playing week in, week out at AIL level. They, 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 they just got. They still have all, all those three players have huge potential, but a lot of learning to do. Yeah, um, of course. So. Um, there's a lot of. Um, it's positive, positive, positive again. Um, the result is the biggest positive, Neve, obviously, and I think the first half performance. I think if we were to pick parts of the game in the second half, of course, we could find faults. Um, they fatigued a little bit. Maybe their game management wasn't as as good as it needed to be. And you get the inevitable reaction from a side who probably got lambasted by their coaches at halftime. They're 24 nil down. Mm. Um, so there is there is a lot of positives. And I think the reality is, yeah, we're still a little bit short on firepower. The depth, particularly, you know, in the second row with the injuries that are there at the moment, that bit of power does, does help. Um, the positives for me, um, obviously... The performance of of some of the you know the whole team in the first half the attack the tries they scored the Jack O'Donoghue try was an outstanding score um, lots of positives there 
And I think they're learning and they're improving and they showed a big, big, huge amount of resilience in the second half. Um, what's your take on the positives and negatives of the game? Just quickly, um, uh, Yeah, look, I thought it was, it was huge positives. I um, literally have that um, Jack O'Donoghue try clipped for, for the girls because it's incredible to be able to see them stay patient when things, you know, sometimes carries weren't exceptional, but they their ability to be able to just understand that if they can put it through another phase or two and get to an edge, then they have the ability to be able to to um, to stretch that Northampton defence. And uh, and they did. I think the big moment in, within that phase of play was Anton Frisch getting to the outside. Um, he, the big handoff, and he gets it out outside. Previously to that, they had gotten to two kind of what we call mini edges or so in around that 15 channel um, but he gets to there and he gets the actual five metre and then all of a sudden you see the Northampton defence condense in and they get it out and, and Jack who's running a support line off Gavin Coombs. Some of that stuff was incredible. For me though, the biggest positive was that grit, that resilience, that ability to defend for long periods of time. Shane Daly coming up with two big plays, John Ryan and Alex Condellen coming up with big turnovers. At moments where Northampton were very much on top, um, I think that's that's a huge big you'd be bouncing into training if you're Dennis Leamy this week and uh, knowing that they trust and believe the system that you're trying to do and they're willing to put their bodies on the line for it I'm always conscious of the fact that you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves I think the players will look back and realise that there was some mistakes and they take the positives Graham Rountree said he was very proud of the players and I think they did really dig in and that was quite telling that there was a lot of experienced players kind of off the field when that that th- those moments and those big plays um, were 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 really important. On the sending off, I think it's a clear red. I don't think you know you can debate it too much. There is a little bit of a dip in the height, but I think it did it did affect the team. I think they fatigued a little bit in that second half. I think the game management a little bit was, um, and that's that's not just from your halfbacks, from everyone. Just decision making, keeping it a little bit tighter, maybe at times. I think there was a lot of ball out the back where maybe some of the frontline runners could have been hit and they could have been a little bit direct. But um, you wanted I, to be I, ambitious. But Yeah, I completely. I, I agree on the sending off. I think once you turn your shoulder in towards the player, you're kind of putting yourself under under pressure in relation to pictures that you're painting. Um, I would 100% query the Northampton yellow card on Joey Carberry. I yeah, Michael felt, Michael Haywood, the hooker uh, for Northampton. Yeah, I felt I that that would have that should have been a red when you look back at it. Um, clear direct contact to the head. If we're looking at being consistent across the board, Henry Slade had a, a very similar incident for Exeter this weekend and got sent off for it. Um, and I thought it was I thought it was a red. I, I just don't think I think I, I thought I thought it was very lucky and the referee yeah. to Tranini, the French referee who I thought was very good actually. Um, for a change, <laughs> um, I thought his TMO was kept kind of saying to him, "You need to look at this more. You need to look at this more." And I think he he claimed it was contact initially, but there's contact with his shoulder as well to his face. He was very lucky, very yeah. very lucky. Um, he knew what he was doing. I'm sorry, you know exactly. You've got time. Carberry had kicked. It was very obvious he was shaping up to kick. You know you're not going to get there. I that's it's reckless for me. I think Ty Byrne or someone I, had a serious similar one against. I agree, yeah, and yeah. I mean I mean this respectfully to Mon- to Monster. I think there's some other teams with a lot more depth who can probably cope a little bit better and manage a game. Toulouse on Sunday, 
um, you know, they had uh, um, Copus Visa was sent off for sale after 18 minutes and they struggled and they started the game very well, scored a try early on, but then Toulouse really overpowered them with that extra number. Some teams could could deal with it better than others, but look, it's difficult to play that long with with fourteen men. Um, so there's lots of positives, a couple of negatives that are not huge for me. They're not overly concerning. I think they'll they'll learn from the experience and the grit and determination. It certainly was a bit of squeaky bum time there for the last kind of 10 minutes, but they came up with some big defensive plays, as you said, and they showed a lot of grit and determination. Start of the week this week, well, it has to be Gavin Coombs for me again. Um, I think he's, his form has been brilliant in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think we got to, we have to have a notable mention to Shane Daly as well. I thought he was. Yeah, of course. Very and, and, good. Um, um, like lots of them were very good, but I just thought he came up with big moments. I just, in relation to, to, to that, in relation to their back three players, I, part of me, there are times when they go to an edge. And if, if you watch how, how the back three players are moving now, they'll, they're called swing or sweep open and they'll they'll come around and they'll create that overlap. But it's their ability that to get back on their feet and get back to the opposite edge. There was actually times where Gavin Coombs or Peter Mahoney were actually were out there by themselves and we were just a little bit slow to kind of get out there to exploit that space. I just think that'll definitely be something that they'll be working on for Chile. Their, their work rate and their fitness is so much better and I think yeah. that's an emphasis and that's a... Um, that's coming from the coaches and particularly yeah. the way they want to try and play. Um, well, so Gavin, Gavin Coombs was exceptional. Exceptional, yeah. He's started a week, great reaction since the disappointment of November and he's come back very strong and he's probably put himself back in a position again now for, you know, grab I feel like he's getting more involvement in terms of like... But that's he, what he needs. Bitter. Yeah, he's consistent. So like before I felt like we would have seen a big carry we wouldn't have seen him for a couple of phases whereas now he's constantly involved, constantly his work rate is... Incredible, incredible, incredible. Um, and he's starting to try to reach those levels of consistency where it's happening week in, week out. Um, so, yeah, look, very, very good, very good performance. Yeah, I thought um, one other thing I wanted to ask you. So, Gavin Coombs is our star of the week and lots of big performances throughout the team. Um, Joey Carberry coming off and I saw one or two comments a um, couple of people saying he played really well and another couple saying that he looks a little bit off at the moment. I personally thought that he did a lot of good stuff in the game and yeah, I still too. think he has that magical touch. Is he at 100%? I think there's still a little bit of a spark and a, and a confidence or an, an aggression missing a little bit. Um, he's a wonderful player and I think they've actually yeah. worked really well, Jack Crowley and himself together. Um, there was lots of times where he went to an edge and Carberry either finds himself in around that rock and then Jack jumps into the 10 and as they're swinging back, Jack stays there and it just releases Carberry to a wider channel and has that ability to rip the pass. I thought he was really good. I, I did. I thought, I thought he, he, he controlled the game very well, I thought. I thought himself and Casey worked very well. I thought the, himself and Crowley worked excellent. Um, yeah, I thought it was a surprise to see him coming off at 60 minutes, but in fairness... Um, you know, so the coaches said they backed those decisions and those young lads, and I just thought, um, yeah, I actually thought he did really, really well, and I do think going into the Six Nations, um, he'll probably if Johnny's not fit for the first game, I'd imagine it'll be him starting. 
yeah, for sure. I think look, he's um, he's still a quality player, and I think they're working well together. Frisch is, and there's a bit of evasion there. There's an, an energy to their to their performances. We know they need more depth. They need the players back. Yeah. Dogbo, um, hopefully RG Snyman, Thomas Ahern, Tom Ahern, yeah, Finian Witcherly. There's a bit that yeah. gives you a little bit more options there, and it it certainly adds to your game. But they won the game. Um, they've won two from three. They sit uh, sixth in Pool B yeah. on nine points. Um, they haven't the job done yet. Um, they may need something. They may still not need something. Montpellier on seven points in seventh. Claremont are on six points in eighth. Um, and then Sale are on five points in ninth. They go to Belfast. Obviously, um, Ulster can't catch Munster. So anyway, from an Irish point of view, we want Ulster to beat Sale. But if Sale were to get a bonus point, they could go to 10. It could make it tricky for Munster. Uh, Claremont are away to the Stormers. So we don't need them winning either. No. Um, So there's a couple of results there. It's Montpellier, Claremont, Sale, who are are the biggest threat to Munster. Um, It's going to be difficult for them going there. Just on the on the stats quickly. Um, obviously, Munster possession wise, fifty three percent possession, territory forty nine percent, and sometimes that concerns me. And I was this one where territory, territory, territory at time as a player, um, it makes it difficult for the opposition. Um, but credit to Northampton, defenders beaten twenty five, which again indicates and adds to what we're seeing. And the way they're trying to play, the numbers are high there. 29 last week against the Lions. The week before against Ulster, it was pretty high as well. Uh, defenders beaten, it was in the 20s again. Uh, 28 against Ulster. So they're high numbers. That indicates, yeah. um, you know, sometimes stats can can be skewed, but there's they're beating defenders, they're stepping, they're showing evasion, stuff we didn't see last year. Clean breaks, only one. So... Didn't guess, um, find that space like you would like. Seven offloads, uh, 11 turnovers conceded, whereas Northampton had 15. So there's both sides pretty high numbers with the turnovers conceded. The one issue there and and the work rate around defence is very good, but 31 missed tackles is too high. Um, And I think there was a little, that was down to a little bit of fatigue and and the Northampton reaction. So overall, um, pretty, pretty positive um, with the results. Toulouse on Sunday. um, Well, it's Toulouse. You think of of where where the hardest place is to go go to in Europe and you're thinking this is right up there. Um, It's a daunting task. They've so much depth, so much power. Uh, physicality and dare we say it, Dupont he's just magical in what he does so um, they may not need a losing bonus point which is a kind of a defeatist kind of attitude going there but we can talk about the reality it's going to be very very difficult Munster are going to have to find something special to win the game but um, to stay in the game and to, and to not make it crazily frantic which sometimes suits Toulouse as well um, they've got to try and get something out of the game if possible they still may go, go through so what do you see happening on Sunday and how difficult is it to go to Toulouse for them yeah I suppose my greatest worry would probably be up front in relation to the, the scrum um, I think 
and the lineups per se, you know, they've obviously got someone like um, Richie Arnold, who's ridiculously tall and really good second rows. And I just, I just, I just worry about the set piece. I think if we can, if we can gain some sort of parity from a set piece point of view, I give us every chance. I really do. Um, in terms of trying to go and get something out of that game, I think around the park we're playing really, really well. We can, for mentally in, in for. In the right place, which I, I really feel that they are. To be fair, um, I think then that we can physically front up in relation to their face play. I just think the set piece would 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 worry me. Um, but um, yeah, look, what have they got to lose? I think they've got to go and um, think. And, and and I suppose if they can if they can gain parity on that, then they've got to they've got to nail home their chances. They've got to be clinical. And um, I feel like after the last few weeks, you know. The fact that they won at the end, you know, against Ulster, and they were there, there, you know what I mean. They were able to fight to the end against Northampton, and this, that, the ability to be able to go for the full eighty minutes or the eighty-two minutes, whatever it needs to be, that will give them a lot of confidence. And um, so, yeah, look, I just think that um, parity and set piece, and and anything can happen. And Ulster went there last year and got a result. So I know that Toulouse had a sending off, so they probably need a little bit of luck and a few things to go with them, but. Um, confidence you mentioned it uh, that's that's something that's really important and they look like it's side that are that are I suppose have a little bit more self-belief um, it's going to be really difficult but one to watch obviously on Sunday and um, obviously by Sunday night we'll know who's playing who in round 16 so hopefully Munster are in that group a little bit of news from last week um, Mossy Lawler coming back to the province um, that announcement was made after we did the podcast. I played with Mossy, with Shannon, with Munster. Um, he's a great fella. I think he's he's been in Connacht for a number of years and highly thought of as well. So he's another Munster man coming back to Munster, which again, the fans will like. And I think he's, and it's an exciting... A skills coach, which is incredibly exciting. I think that's been something that probably... Has been missing over the. the is is that to share the load with 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 Mike Prendergast and and kind of takes individuals away, small groups. Yeah, uh, so like Prendergast can work on actual attack and backline attack, whereas at the moment they're probably stretching resources because they've got to work on their skills because we've seen how they've been playing the last few years. They've not really looked with their skills under pressure, whereas now they're trying to absolutely make those passes. So. Um, I think it's, it's it's a really really good appointment. He's as you say, he's been in Connacht for a number of years, but he went to Connacht in a domestic game and worked his way into the high performance professional side, and um, it's great. Uh, but it will free up Prendy then to be able to give time to be able to work on team attack or, or backline. So um, it's really good. Yeah, brilliant, and uh, I'm delighted for Mossy because uh, he has to, has to deliver now. He has to. Um, get in there, do the job. Um, he still has to finish the season out with Munster, but it's a great appointment and uh, we wish him well. Um, I was going to ask you and get into the Conor Murray-Keith Earl situation again. That, that kind of caught me by surprise last week, as did everyone. Um, people texting me, asking me, are they finished? Is this the end of an era? I, my tuppence worked on it is um, both of them, um, obviously, um, it was a shock and but it shows that Graham Rountree is rewarding players who he feels are in form 
And I think Connor and Keith would probably admit at the moment that they need to be a bit sharper. Um, both have missed a lot of games this season. They haven't a lot of got a lot of rugby under their belts. So hopefully we'll see from both players a bit of a kind of resurgence and a reaction. Again, what I heard from the weekend is they were incredibly positive. The, what, their heads weren't dropped. They were encouraging people around them, which is what you love to see. I heard that here. as well, yeah, to be fair. Um, I always um, remember Roy Keane came into Munster um, in 2006 before we played Sale over in, in, in Manchester. And one of the questions was, who who was the best professional or one of the best professionals that you've played with? And, and um, um, he was talking about, um, he was talking about, you know, Skulls and gigs and these guys and their 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 energy and the positivity and players' reactions when they were dropped off teams um, and and he didn't kind of go naming individuals but he always looked at the players who were dropped off that Manchester United squad what their reaction was like and um, the ones who kind of you know kept the head up and helped the team were the ones that mostly impressed him and and I was really glad to hear that. You know, Conor Murray and Keith Earls. It didn't surprise me in any way, but it was a surprise in the sense that, you know, people were a little bit shocked and it made some headlines. They still have value. Like, we can't understate this enough. Like, they could, they still have value. You know, they, they, this, are they finished? Are they written off? Absolutely not. They still have a huge amount of rugby left in them and hopefully Munster can get the best out of them first. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's a big weekend. So that's it for episode. 54 of the uh, the Red 78 all wrapped up. To make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week, just search for the Red 78 wherever you get your podcast and press subscribe. Don't forget to get in touch with us through Twitter or through, uh, you can you can send us an email at the rugby channel at bowermedia.ie or send us a tweet. Um, anyway, well done, Neve. Good week for you. Thanks. Good week for Monster. Uh, Again, you play Connacht on Saturday and Monster play to lose away yeah. on Sunday as well. So thanks again and uh, we'll chat to everyone next week. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. <laughs>